you are listening to the brand new episode of In Love With The Process. I'm your host, Mike Petchy. How are you? How's life? Are you guys healthy? Are you guys uh, vaccinated? Um, it has been about two weeks now for me since I got that second shot. And uh, it's uh, a weird world sort of trying to get back into a routine that I kind of remember, right? Do you guys feel the same way? Like, I kind of remember what I was like a year and a half ago. (laughs) And there's a big part of me that, you know, I feel like that East Coast kid back in school where, you know, for some reason there was a big blizzard and you were out of school for three days, you know, and then on like, on day four, you saw that the sidewalks are plowed and you're like, fuck. That means I got to go back tomorrow. <laughs> so <clears throat> I, by, by no means am I complaining. I think that uh, being vaccinated and having the ability to go back out in the public and go out and do things uh, is uh, a long time coming. It's a dream come true. Um, but I'm just being honest with you. It, it, it's an emotional thing, too, because I, I, I'm afraid of going back and becoming the anxiety-fueled uh, ball of stress that I was prior to the, the quarantine. And there's a lot to be said about the great things that I've learned about myself, about my relationship, <clears throat> about uh, what makes me happy. And uh, I don't want to lose those things. So it's interesting. I don't know. Do you guys feel the same way? Before I get too deep into this stuff, I just wanted to thank you guys for supporting the show throughout the quarantine. Uh, We had such great uh, listenership, such really great numbers uh, in a time period where most folks were losing traffic. We were gaining traffic. Um, And it's been, uh, the podcast in, in general has been such a great thing for me. It has kept me sane. Uh, It has kept me inspired. It has given me something to do. It's given me a schedule. Uh, We have been consistent with Tuesday releases. Sometimes if we're feeling a little frisky, we'll do a Thursday release too. But um, it's been a good run so far. You know, like uh, the past, you know, what is it, year and a half? The guests have gotten better. Uh, the ability to talk to bigger folks that have more time to actually sit down and have a conversation has been great. Um, and, uh, the podcast has been very therapeutic for me. And I appreciate the fact that there are fucking people that listen to this show. It's unbelievable to me that someone will listen to some guy (coughs) drink water on a microphone. (laughs) Uh, so today's show, it has been a while since uh, just you and I sat down and had a conversation. Uh, it occurred to me uh, recently that I haven't, I haven't done that in a while. We've been so hyper-focused on booking guests, been so hyper-focused on, on uh, <clears throat> just getting you great content. And, you know, those of you who listen to the show, you guys know that we book out, I'll do like a full two weeks of just interviews. Right, I'll just stack them all up, do a full blast out of interviews, and then the show ends up being queued up. And so a lot of episodes take weeks to release. So sometimes when you hear me do intros 
where you hear me talking to you guys on the show, it's something that I was thinking about or processing probably a month prior. And so I think every once in a while, it's a good thing to come on the show and do a current uh, thought process, sort of like a, you know, a one-on-one with you guys. And, and so, you know, I'm recording this on Wednesday the 26th. So this one, I think I'll drop out next week. Put a big wrench in Liam's fucking system and uh, just drop this episode right out because I'm going to do it all here. I'm, I'm, I'm live mixing it on my little road board. I got everything ready to rock. So the theory is in this format, I could just finish it and render it out and the motherfucker's done. That's what I like about this format. It doesn't take so much post-production. It doesn't take all that stuff. I have to sit around and think hard about what I'm going to call the episode. <laughs> and that's about it. That's why I like doing them this way. Um, so anyway, let's talk about, I got a bunch of stuff that I want to catch up with you guys on. Um, but first I just want to thank everybody who's been supporting the show, has been following me on Instagram at Mike Petchy at Instagram and following the podcast at In Love With The Process pod. That's In Love With The Process, P-O-D on Instagram. Uh, we've been running contests, uh, big congrats to the winner of our Mondo, um, vinyl contest that we did. Uh, Death Waltz Records as well. Those two uh, were on the show. And then we gave away a hand-picked uh, compilation of vinyls from the best place to get vinyls from. And I, I've said this on the, that episode. I am completely envious. We're still waiting to hear what vinyls were sent. Uh, because I'll be fully transparent with you. I was getting these guys on the show with the hope that maybe I'd get some cool stuff and I didn't get shit. <laughs> so that, that, that plan completely fucking backfired. <laughs> my part. Uh, but I'm happy to have got stuff to you guys. I played it legitimate. I didn't pretend to do a contest and keep the stuff for myself. I did a contest with you guys. Mm. But you know, I thought about it. You know, I thought about doing that. And I had to remind myself, Michael, you know, Vinyls only cost a certain amount of money. What are you doing? What are you doing, dum-dum? Um, but uh, yeah, so big shout out to all you guys that uh, continue to interact, uh, continue to support. Um, and uh, big shout out to the fans that send me stuff. Uh, I really appreciate you guys. I, I had a fan of the show, um, or just a fan in general, um, actually hook me up with a really cool thing. And I, I might have talked about it on another show, but fuck it, I'm going to do it again. Um, I had a really great guy send me uh, a screen print because let me start at the beginning. Gina went out and picked me up um, a jean jacket. She got me like a black jean jacket, which I really kind of dig, really like. And it was kind of a surprise thing. She picked it up for me. It actually fits me perfectly because I don't, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but there's something about having a girlfriend that may, even if the girls don't work in this business, because Gina works in the fashion photography business. But I always feel like girls are trying to dress us in an outfit that barely fits us. Like for some reason we're cuter when <laughs> when our fucking when our fucking muffin tops and our bellies are hanging out of this shit, right? Look at this jacket. I'm like, yeah, but I can't I can't close my arms. Yeah, but it looks so good on you when you're standing up straight, <laughs> right? I've got two of those coats in the closet that I can't fucking wear because I fluctuate. You see what I eat? I'm all over the fucking place. And so I've got a, a beautiful coats in the closet that I can't fucking wear right now. And so uh, I think Gina smartened up 
and she got me a jacket that fits. It's nice. It fluctuates with me. So sometimes I'm skinny, sometimes I'm fat, and the coat will always be there. Mm. But I, this is like such a really cool jacket for me. And I was sitting there, and this was part of like the, the tail end of like quarantine prison life. Uh, I was like, man, I want to, I've, I've never had a cool rock and roll jacket. You know, like I've never had that, that band jacket that has like the patches on it, has all this stuff. That'd be fucking great, right? Like, like I, I should find a cool jacket like that. And there was a period of time where I was just sort of looking around to see what I could find. You'd uh, go into like vintage shops or you're going and you're looking online and for different music acts that you like and you're sort of digging around and I don't know. It's kind of depressing when you start to go through like, who do I, who do I want to wear a jacket for? Like, what, what band do I want to promote? Like, who is it that's going to be on my fucking back all the time? You know? Uh, and so then I went back and I was like, okay, well, what bands do I listen to a lot of? And what bands have stayed with me consistently from my childhood to my adulthood? And that's a really hard fucking question as you sort of sort through it. And so then you sort of, I, I hit this point where I'm like, man, I'm putting too much fucking thought into this. I'm putting way too much fucking thought in this. It's depressing. I think I've lost the reason to do this fucking thing. And so I just sort of gave up on it. And then Gina just bought me a straight jean jacket, which I was like, okay, all right. And um, I was just hunting around online and I found this guy who had done this really cool jean jacket and he had uh, custom screen printed this really great logo for a band I love, current band that I love. And uh, I saw it and I went, man, that's really fucking cool. And I just wrote to the guy uh, and I, with, the, with the hopes of just sort of getting some information from him. Like, did you screen print that yourself? Did you do it on canvas or is that on like a like t-shirt material? Like what is, the, what is the process for you? What have you figured out? Because there hit a point where I was just, you know, like, like we do with everything, right? Like I want to learn how to cook a fucking steak. I'll go YouTube it, right? And I'm like, okay, so there's got to be a way to do like big jean jacket back patches. So I started YouTube that and <laughs> I found myself going down this rabbit hole with all these teenage girls that were just like <laughs> vintage wearing out jean jackets, new jean jackets. And like, this is how you take a toothbrush and you scrub the fucking edges and you're like, ah, what am I doing? <laughs> it's a deep into this hole of uh, you know how to do back patches on jean jackets and how to do all this stuff, which was a little embarrassing to admit that on the air, but whatever. Uh, and uh, I ended up uh, finding this guy, and I wanted to ask him because you know you look at a final product, it looks great. I'm one of those guys that I can't look at clothing on a hanger and go, yeah, that's going to be fucking cool. Even as a director, like when I'm dealing with wardrobe folks. Uh, and people are just bringing in outfits and they're just showing me hangers of outfits. I'm like, I have no fucking idea what these fabrics are going to look like on a human body. And it's the same thing when I go into to clothing stores to pick up outfits and to pick up clothes. If I see it on a fucking rack, I'm usually buying the stuff that's on the mannequins because at that point I'm like, oh, cool. That's a cool silhouette. That looks really cool. I just don't have the superpower. Gina has it. You know, there's so many people that do. And thankfully, that's why they're amazing stylists and amazing um, uh, costume designers out there because they have everything. They have the grasp of all that stuff. But for me, I can't, I can't tell what it's going to be unless I fucking see it on somebody, right? And so, excuse me, this guy 
made a patch, put it on a jacket, uh, and he was he had pictures of it, of him wearing it. I go, man, that's really cool. It's a really cool design. So long story short, I write to this guy, and I say to him, like, how did you do it? Canvas, what is going on? And I wrote to a couple of the t-shirt companies that have done our shirts, and I'm like, can you guys do like a one-off for me if we... If I send you some uh, design for stuff, and they had, they sent me back a whole line of questioning, like, "What do you want it on? You want it on canvas? You want it on that?" And I'm like, "Fuck, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> What's this rabbit hole I fell down into?" Okay, all right. Uh, so I asked this cat, and he goes, uh, "Dude, I've got a bunch of them that I just I just made because I had to make extras uh, because um, uh, you know we got to test it, and uh, I'll just fucking send them to you." And I'm like, "Dude, I'll give you some cash. I'll give you some some loot for it." He's like, no, man, we'll just send it to you. And and I was like, okay, sure, stranger on the internet, here's the address, send it to this address, and you know, whatever. And you know, I wasn't expecting anything. And like a week went by, a week and a half went by, whatever, was like out of my mind, right? I had this jean jacket, but it was sort of in the closet and I really wasn't thinking about it. Um, and then one day I get this package, random package, you know, serial killer font <laughs> on the outside. And uh, I open it up, and the, sure enough, this fucking dude sent me uh, two screen-printed uh, canvas pieces for the jacket. And it was this moment that I had where, you know, being the East Coaster, being the cynical fucking dude that I can be, there was this moment where I'm like, shit, this guy didn't ask for anything. He didn't ask for anything. He didn't write me a, a thing saying, hey, what do you think? Nothing. He just fucking put him in the mail. Like there are people out there that really don't need anything from you. And I was like, fuck. Oh, man, this guy's a really nice guy. I don't know this guy, but he's done the nicest thing that someone's done for me in a long time without asking for anything. And it just felt good. It felt really good. And of course, I like wrote to him afterwards and I'm like, Dude, I gotta, I gotta get you some stuff. And like, what's your address? And you know, I gotta send you a T-shirt. What's your size? And he's like, I'm a large. I'm like, fuck, I'm out of larges. <laughs> okay, of course you're fucking large. All right, so I don't have a large. All right, so like, I'm trying to be good back to this guy. I think it's, I'm staring at it right now. So if you're listening to the show, I've got a package for you. That's a one of a kind package that is coming to you, and uh, it's a big thank you for me for you being such a great guy. Apparently, I'm not a, as good of a guy because I have to say it on my fucking show that I'm doing something great for you. But look, man, I, it was like one of the nicest things that, that somebody that I don't know, that a fucking stranger uh, did for me over the internet. And I appreciate it. And I'm very excited. Uh, we actually got the patch on the jacket, which in itself, yeah, I guess I could admit this online on the internet, on the fucking show. Um, so to do it, Gina was very kind. And she's like, look, I will sew it. I'm going to make this jacket for you. I'll sew this thing and get it all hooked up. And I'm like, okay, how are we going to do it? You know, how's it work? You're going to sew it by hand? Well, here's, here's a little trick. What we did was uh, we just, <laughs> I'll admit it. We just uh, ordered a fucking top of the line sewing machine from Amazon, sewed the motherfucking thing on, and then shipped the, the fucking sewing machine back to Amazon. Fuck them. These guys make so much money that they don't even care about the shipping costs, right? Now, if I could have rented a sewing machine from Amazon for like five bucks, you know, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 
would have done that, but that doesn't exist. So we just grabbed one, sewed the shit on, sent it back. And it looks fucking killer. I love my jacket. It's really cool. It's so funny how like you can, I've never been, I've never been that guy that's obsessed with like what I'm wearing. As a kid, I was like one of four. And so, you know, every September, right before school, uh, the four of us would get, my poor mother would drag the four of us out shopping, right, for, for school clothes so that we don't look like a bunch of pieces of shit for like the beginning of the school year. And that, that process of having to go to Caldors or Bradley's or wherever the fuck it was, you older listeners out there know exactly what I'm talking about. I have to get dragged out of the house with the family. And being the oldest of the group, I was tasked with like managing them. So my mom's focus was always on, okay, so you need shoes. And so she would take one of us over into the shoe section and like try on these shoes and pull out shoes. And then she'd, you know, take us boys over and be like, you need a nice shirt, you need this. And you need, you know, she'd just pull stuff off the shelf. And so in the meantime, while one person was getting serviced, uh, the other uh, very sort of short attention span fucking demons that were in the family needed to be watched. Uh, and so I was tasked with keeping my eye on these kids. And it was a fucking long ass process, exhausting process. And that went on for years and years when we were uh, preteens, um, you know, younger kids, elementary, middle school, that whole thing. That has stuck with me since. I fucking hate clothes shopping. I've always hated clothes shopping. Like before I go into the store, I have my, my mother's fucking military perspective on it. Like the fucking shoes are over on the left-hand side. The fucking pants are on this side. I'm going to swoop through, find the sizes. What's your size? Before we go in there, what's your size? What's your shoe size? What do you need? Bam, 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 bam. Right? And so then I go in to the store like a fucking hawk. Okay, these shorts look cool. These pants look cool. Great, 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 great. Put them on, put them on, grab them, and you walk out, right? Grab a couple t-shirts, grab a couple fucking pairs of pants. Got it. Good to go. And this has been my system for years, right? And <laughs> it drives fucking Gina crazy because Gina's like a drifter, right? She likes to go in and the wind will take me through the fucking racks and I'll find something gorgeous and I'm just sort of like tethered to her like a fucking ball and chain. And she's like, I just want to fly. And I'm like, can we just get this done quicker? Right. And so um, there hit this point as you get older. And especially when you start to run a business, you start to get into this position of understanding that your, your looks, what you're wearing is your first step in a conversation. It is how someone, whether or not they want to, will judge you. So they will judge you based upon what it is that you're wearing. They will assess um, how much attention you put into your physical appearance. That's a real thing. And I'm not talking about like prejudice judging. I'm talking about just how we are as humans. You walk down the street, you see someone on the fucking street coming at you and you're like, okay, so that guy's wearing fucking trash bags. So he's either from a really fucking crazy part of his life, right? Or maybe someone like robbed him and stole his clothes and he had to put on some fucking trash bags, right? Or maybe he's got some like really sad shit going on internally and, uh, or maybe he's just fucking crazy. You know what I mean? So as that person's walking down the street at you, you're sort of assessing all those things, especially if you live here in Los Angeles. It's 
especially if you live here in LA, right? So that runs through your head. Same thing happens when we go in for pitch meeting. Same thing happens when you go in, uh, when, you sh when you show up on set as a director, or if you're walking on set as, as a cinematographer. Also, FYI, you ever notice how like cinematographers all kind of dress the same? It's weird, right? Slight hipster, weird little hats, cool little leather pouches, all that kind of stuff. Just saying. Anyway, um, so for me, I sort of had this awakening as I had to go in years ago and like pitch for commercial clients and pitch for stuff where it's like, huh, I should be conscious of what I look like. Because prior to that, it was like, these are some fucking cargo shorts. Cool. I could fit a lot of stuff in these pockets as I'm running around sets. Can I, can I put all my lenses in these pockets? Great. And then, oh, I got some free fucking swag and some t-shirts. I'm just going to wear that swag shit. Uh, and then I'll just go from there. It's, a, it's amazing to me that I, that I somehow founded, found girlfriends <laughs> with, with, with that appearance. Uh, and thankfully, I found someone like Gina who's like, look, we're, I'm going to help you out here, buddy. <laughs> Uh, so oh man, what a what a weird tangent on fucking clothing. But um, the cool thing, my point is, let's come back to it, dickhead. My point is that um, there's something really nice about wearing uh, a a coat or jacket or a piece of clothing that makes you feel good, that makes you feel cool, that makes you feel awesome, and it's not like. Um, it's not like I'm uh, buying into something. It's not like all of a sudden I'm like one of those kids that 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 doesn't even know who the fuck Metallica is, but they saw a fucking shirt at some fucking boutique uh, t-shirt place off of Sunset or whatever the fuck, and now they're walking around in a pre-faded Metallica shirt. Um, it's not that for me. I just wanted to have a jacket that sort of paid homage to the kind of music that I like. And uh, it's a big part of... Uh, who I am these days creatively. It's a big part of what the show is. Um, and so I decided that I was going to put together my new retro wave uh, rock and roll jacket. And so it's this, it's this project that's happening. It's a, it's a slow project. Uh, and uh, I know those of you listening <laughs> who are tuning into the show that are like, tell us how to become movie directors. You're like, Mike, who the fuck cares about your jacket? I do. Uh, it's really cool. I have like this really awesome custom silk screen logo for Carpenter Brute on the back of a black jean jacket. And then on the inside, I've got this really cool patch for Power Glove because you guys know how much I love fucking Power Glove. I've got my little Toho pin on the front. I'm such a little fucking nerd about it. Uh, I, I was doing a, um, a FaceTime call with my parents just catching up because I haven't seen them in fucking two years, you know, and just sort of walking through the house and they've never been out here to California. So like, uh, this is what's going on and we redecorated it in here and this is what's going on. I'm like, oh, I've got this really cool jacket. So I'm pulling this jacket out and I'm showing them where the patches are going to go. And my mom's like looking at me and shaking her head. She's like, how old are you? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Quarantine life has made me nuts. Um, do you guys feel the same way? I know a lot of you guys like this shit. I know you're all fans of this. I know how many of you are Mondo fans. I know how many of you guys out there and you gals out there are fucking buying up t-shirts and doing stuff. You guys bought a bunch of our t-shirts. Um, by the way, 
hopefully it'll happen, but I'm actually talking to the amazing artist that did our first logo for the show, that really sweet Android sort of ghost in the shell kind of thing that we've got going on. Uh, and she is at work making a new one, which I'm very excited about. I've given her some uh, pretty intense directions on it. And so we'll see how it comes out. And if it comes out great, then I think that may be my next line of t-shirts for those of you who have been asking. Will there be new t-shirts? I think we're going to wait to see how this logo pans out and then figure it out from there. Question answered. Um, but anyway, how many of you have uh, been vaccinated? Have you guys all got the shots? What did you get? Did you get that blood clot shot that gave like six people blood clots and the entire fucking country lost their shit? Ooh. I got uh, the uh, Moderna shots. <clears throat> and I ended up getting mine through CVS, which was great. Turns out I could go in a little bit earlier because I am uh, fucking uh, not allergenic, but uh, asthmatic, which we'll get into. But that's why my voice sounds a little weird. <clears throat> but I ended up getting my shots from CVS, which was kind of weird. Because uh, usually you get your shots from like, you know, the doctor, right? Going to the doctor. I, I was never one of those guys that got a flu shot from CVS. Uh, and so it was just strange going in. Almost like a weird lottery, you know? Uh, you know, and then going in there and fucking go stand in the line on aisles, uh, aisle 19. Uh, and then you go and you sit down and the person giving you the shot's like, so what have you heard about the shot? And you're like, <laughs> the way you said that, what, what should I know? And they're like, okay, so the first one, you're going to feel a little sore and then you're going to have, you're going to feel sick afterwards, potentially. Some people do, some people don't. You might run a fever, right? Got the first shot. And then really the only thing that hit was that the soreness in the arm. It felt like someone just fucking, I felt like I was in a Jackie Chan stunt scene and I landed on my fucking arm. Um, and that was just for a couple days. Not that bad. The second one though, holy shit. The second one fucking kicked me hard. Uh, I ended up doing the second uh, Moderna shot, same kind of deal. Went to CVS, sat in there, looked at the guy. He's like, hmm. And I'm like, why do you, you're about to put this in my arm. Like, why are you telling me that it's going to be crazy? Uh, and so then I got the second one and I had, you know, everybody had opinions on how to do it, right? Eat a, eat a big meal. You know, make sure you drink like an ass load of fucking water. Uh, so I did all these weird little things. And uh, for the first, you know, I'd say 10 hours or whatever, I was good. You know, I got it and I was like, oh, not a big deal. Then it hit. It hit hard. Temperature, fevers, chills, bone aches. Um, and it hit for three days. It was pretty intense. And there was that whole thing where you're not supposed to take Advil. You're not supposed to take ibuprofen before you go get the shot, which I'm like, mm, okay, I'm not going to do that. Fine. And then afterwards, people are like, yeah, you probably can. You probably could just take Tylenol if you're feeling the effects. And I'm like, yeah, but, and this is how stupid I am, right? I'm like, yeah, but isn't it good if my body goes through all this shit? Like it's what it's supposed to do, right? This is a, a thing that they put into you, which isn't, by the way, COVID, right? There's that whole like I like uneducated, I don't read anything thing where it's like, oh, so they're just injecting a small amount of COVID into you and your body fights it? It's like, no, 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 no. What they're, do what they're doing is they're injecting tiny little Terminators 
you know, blood vessel size little T100s or uh, T1000s in your system. And they're going in there and they're pretending to be COVID and your system has to fight them off, right? It's a whole lot of like motorcycle chases with uh, Mack trucks through, uh, you know, sewer systems in LA happening in your veins. That's how your body gets used to it. It's like, ah, you have to throw Arnold into the lava pit to kill him. Got it. All right, got it. Guys, everybody, when Arnold shows up next time, lava pits, lava pits, lava pits. Right, right. Like if you freeze the, the, the liquid metal guy, uh, just don't put him around heat because then he'll, he'll come back again. But you can freeze him and then stick him in a fucking freezer and then bury him in the Arctic and you're good. You're good. You got it. <laughs> what are you talking about, Michael? Uh, so, yeah, so I went and I got it and I got it hard. And, and so I was convinced that I had to sort of go through the pain of it in order for it to like really affect me. Um, and so I, I did it for three days. It was intense, very fucking intense. Um, but after came out the back end with the glimmer of hope, that, that shiny light at the end of the tunnel where you're stepping through and you're like, I'm not dying, I'm, I'm, I'm stepping through into like out of prison. You know, it's that bit in fucking, uh, in the getaway with Steve McQueen, the fucking doors in there, and you hear those big old fucking prison doors opening, and Ali McGraw standing outside, and out steps Steve McQueen out of prison. Right? That's what it was. <laughs> um, so yeah, got my shot, which is really cool. And then you have to wait like two weeks or whatever it is after that in order to be fully cleared. Um, and then, uh, Gina and I last week just started going out again. And now that you can go out inside places out here in Los Angeles, they're still trying to figure it all out, right? Because LA comes out and goes, well, everybody, you don't have to wear masks if you're vaccinated, but then, you know, it's up to anybody that runs a restaurant or a bar, like what they fucking want to do. And I don't blame them, right? The people behind the counter, because here's the thing, you can still get fucking sick. Vaccination just keeps you from dropping dead when you get sick, but you can still get fucking sick, you know? And so the people that work there, like if I worked at a fucking bar, I'd be like, put your fucking masks on, assholes. I see like, how many of you come in out of here all the fucking time? And how many of you are fucking vaccinated, right? I guess now they're gonna be asking for your vaccination cards out here. <laughs> Starting to get real. Um, but it was interesting going to a bar. Gina and I got all dressed up which was funny because uh, I just I just got my hair cut like two days ago and I went into this barbershop um, that I go to out here in California and I haven't been to them in over a year, you know, and just sort of walked in and I'm like, I've got the COVID crazy man fucking haircut, you know, like my hair is all long and long in the back, fucking uh, trailer park fucking, <laughs> fucking locks, you know, kicking out from underneath these hats. Um, that I've been wearing for over a year and uh, went in there and got my hair cut because prior to that, it was time to get dressed up and go out to the bar for the first time. And uh, I'm just like, I look okay, but I still look like a fucking wilderness man. I look like that guy that, that was lost in the woods for for the second half of his life. And he's, he's accidentally like got rescued, right? He was like walking his way back from the Arctic and Stepped out into a fucking like 7-Eleven parking lot. You know? 
someone brings them in and they go, we got to clean you up for the news. <laughs> they get you on the news. You've been missing for years, brother. Oh, yeah, all right. Cool, all right. And that was me getting all cleaned up. <laughs> Still look like a fucking wilderness, man. Mm. But it was cool. We ended up going out to uh, uh, one of our favorite bars out here. I won't say the name of it, but we went to a spot that... Uh, Reminds us of a New York bar. So from our from the bar safari days, which are coming back, right? Now that I'm allowed to go back out and hang out with people and start doing some new bar safaris. So any of you that have been listening that I know that I'll hang out with that have been like, we're ready to do bar safaris. Coming back, baby. Coming back. Um, but from our bar safari days, one of my favorite cities to hit is New York. Because New York has some of the coolest vibed bars, dive bars, dark bars. I don't know if they, hopefully they still exist after all this shit. But like, you know, New York is infamous for having the darkest bars that you could possibly drink at. Like just lit by like, like a handful of red candles. No overhead lights, <laughs> right? Like the, the, the strongest light in the place is like coming off the iPhone, which is plugged into the speaker system. I love that shit. There's a place that we went once years ago where it was so fucking dark that I couldn't tell where the seat was. I had to like feel around and put my ass down in it. Um, love that shit. Uh, and this bar here, it's not nearly as dark, but it has that vibe. It really does. It has that sort of New York, East Village, basement-y kind of bar vibe. And Gene uh, and I went to it a few times before we got locked in. Um, and that was one of the places that I'm like, I got to go back there. That'll, that'll be one of our first spots. I love that place. They do fantastic fucking cocktails. Uh, really great stuff. I was drinking a bunch of bee's knees, which are really good. Uh, and uh, what was Gina drinking? We had some old fashioned, some bee's knees. Negronis. Yeah, her and Cruda love Negronis. And so she was doing some Negroni stuff. Um, but it was interesting, right? Because we're allowed to go inside. Because prior to this, we had done, you know, tiptoed around like eating outside in different places and, you know, going to a spot where, <laughs> where your fucking waiter shows up and he's got like a goddamn fucking, you know, welding mask over his fucking internal mask, over his respirator, over his internal mask with his gloves on. And he's like bringing out your food and you're like, do I want to eat this shit? What the fuck? Um, so we were doing that prior, but now we're able to go into a place. And since we're both vaccinated, we're like, do we wear masks? Do we not wear masks? How do you go into a bar that you're going to be drinking from and have a mask on? How the fuck does that work? Uh, and it was, it's interesting to see how the bars are trying to figure it all out, right? At least in this like period that we're in right now, where it's like, you go in, you got to wear your mask. But when you have a drink, you don't need to wear a mask. But then when you're done with your drink, you're supposed to put your mask back on. Okay, but all those people are going to take their sweet-ass time having a drink anyways. So that it's going to take you, you know, if you're a slow drink, if you're a sipper, like 15, 20 minutes to uh, to get through a drink. And so that's 15, 20 minutes of you with your fucking mask off. So what difference does it make, right? What difference does it make if everybody's masks are on and off? And so you just see these people sort of feeling their way out. And the, the bartender, she was really fantastic. Uh, amazing uh, mixologist. Do they still use that term? 
um, watching her work is like watching an octopus work, right? She's doing like, you know, fucking eight drinks at the same time. And they all require like all these different little measurements and potions and all that stuff. I, I have such a great respect for bartenders. I've kept myself out of it. It's, it's one of those things, right? Where I just don't want to know too much about it. Because the more I know about something, the, the greater the chance there is for me either to become a fucking snob about it and stop enjoying it for what it is, or uh, just uh, having it ruined for me. And so with beer, I know people get real crazy about how beer is brewed and what it means, where the hops come from, the whole fucking brewing process, and the types of beer. I don't give a shit. I try not to give a shit. I love beer. I will drink all sorts of different types of beer. Half the time I'll go to a spot and piss off the person I'm with because I'm like, the logo on that one's cool, give me that one. That is the extent of the knowledge that I wanna know about beer. I don't wanna go down that hole. I don't wanna go down the fucking barbecue hole that I, that I currently am going to be buried in. <laughs> I'd rather just barely know enough about beer. Same thing with making cocktails. Gina's trying to do it, she's, get, she's good at it. But I like just going in, I like seeing that, the magic trick that is taking a bunch of fucking liquor and, and uh, reduced juices and, uh, you know, random fucking citrus peels, you know, and making it into something that is uh, a, a flavor, like a sensory journey. I love that shit. It's really cool. Uh, it's, it's the kind of stuff that I like to, to watch. It's the kind of stuff that I like to film. It's the kind of stuff that really uh, appeals to me. It's, it's like cooking, right? It's like movie making. It's like filmmaking, right? You're trying to shape somebody's emotional journey with the tools at hand. And so whenever I go into a bar, I tend to like to go, especially if it's like a, a like a fucking hip club. <laughs> what year is it, dickhead? Especially if it's like a, you know, it's like a, a bar that everybody wants to get into. I like to go earlier, says the older guy now. I like to go earlier because I can get into the bartender. I can actually sit down at the bar and watch them work and talk to them about stuff. I love that. Super cool. So I got to have that again. For the first time in over a year, I'm standing in a bar, I ordered some drinks, and I'm watching her do a shit. And then I'm, uh, there's this other thing that's happening around me. It's kind of like, uh, if you guys live out here in California, you know about the flies, right? So like if you're doing a hike, if you're climbing, some, for some reason, if you get any kind of altitude out here, suddenly there are these fucking flies that like to come and land on you and just, you're like, what are you doing? They just find the most obnoxious places to land on you, like your cheeks, your eyeballs, your fucking arms, and they're just there. And they're not eating and they're not chewing on you. It's like, are you just licking the salt off me? Like, you're just hanging out? What the fuck? Like, if you guys can figure out how to be light enough that I don't know you're there, then you guys can ride my ass all fucking day. I don't care. But for some reason, you're just the proper weight to be obnoxious. And you know you're obnoxious because you're like, fuck you, swap me off your arm, I'm gonna go for your face. That same kind of thing was with people in the bar. It's fascinating to watch human beings, myself included, come out of quarantine, come out of a strange world, a post-apocalyptic event in which the entire world realizes that they're fucked and that 
we don't have control over things. And so all these people go from, from fighting each other for fucking toilet paper to creating this sense of zen and comfortness in the system in their own prison cells, right? Where they're like, here's, here's my new routine. Here's my new routine. Here's what I do now. Here's, here's my space. And I outwardly project what I want to project in my space. And so now you're seeing these people, myself included, uh, put back out into very close proximity stuff, into bars and into stuff. And it's fascinating. I felt like I was at the fucking zoo, right? Because my attention was yanked from the cocktail making to these flies that were just landing on me and fucking bumping into me and doing shit. I'm just like, wow, okay, I, I guess the uh, fucking six feet rule is out the fucking window. Okay, fascinating. Now you've got my attention, so let's see what you're doing. And it's so interesting to watch these folks mingle or try to mingle or try to sort of deal with the, like, the asserting that they've had to do on their own in order to stay sane. You know, that like, put your head down and just get through it, right? And so you're seeing that in public where people are just like, I know that there's someone in front of me, but I'm going to put my fucking head down. I'm just going to get right through it. And you're like, whoa, dude, what are you doing? Fascinating. And for, for a good portion of the night, I'd see a lot of that stuff. The other thing that was interesting was that sitting at the bar uh, or standing at the bar waiting for my drinks, strangers are very outward now, which I love. It's really cool. Like people are very much ready to have a fucking conversation, right? I don't have to talk to my fucking sock puppets anymore. <laughs> like there's someone at the bar with me. And I was just standing at the bar, met this really great person. Um, and uh, it's always strange because you have to be at the bar with your mask on. So like you're just trying to connect with people through eyes, which is weird. It always, doesn't it feel like you're only getting like 5% of someone's personality, right? And you have to just look at their eyes and just like through the mask and the hat and through all the shit. And then you're like, okay. And so we just started talking about food, of course, right? And uh, she was talking about beef jerky. And uh, she's like, hey, have you ever had great beef jerky? You have me. If that's your conversation starter, you got me, right? I'm like, uh, I've had beef jerky before, but what do you mean? Like, how good is this beef jerky that this is a conversation starter for you, right? And so she's like, this is place, get this great, really fucking great beef jerky. And I was like, it sounds really awesome. She goes, I gotta, I'll give you the information for it. And I'm like, cool, all right, I'm into it. And I'm like, what do you do? Are you, do you make beef jerky? And she's like, no, no, I... I license music for movies because we're in LA, right? So then, then there's another side of me that hasn't had this LA experience because you know, I moved here. I was here for, you know, four months, five months, uh, just getting our footing and then we got locked down, right? So I haven't had the opportunity to do this LA weird mingle. The only place on the fucking planet where like some random person standing next to you works in the movie business. All of them do. So she's like, yeah, I licensed music for uh, movies and stuff. And I was like, really? And she's like, yeah. I was like, wow, that's got to be a fascinating process of like, you know, meeting musicians and staying current with music and having relationships and then understanding budgets and understanding negotiations for all that kind of stuff. 
And she's like, yeah, totally. And her and I started fucking chatting. Really cool person. Uh, she sent me a text with all the uh, fucking beef jerky stuff. Really fucking cool, right? And this is just waiting for our drinks. How fucking rad is that, right? So I grab my drinks and this specific bar has a couch set up, right? So they have like these little nooks with couches and uh, the couches are big. So like I can't sort of take over that spot. I'm not one of those egotistical fucking maniacs, which I've seen out here where they're like, I own this. And you're like, get the fuck out of here. So like me and Gina and I was out with Lance and uh, we're sitting in this couch area and she comes over. She's sitting with her friend. So she's part of our group. And there are these two other women that come and sit with us. Um, like gorgeous women that come and sit down and hang out. And uh, we just start talking. We all just start talking. How fucking cool is that? And of course, we're talking about food. Of course, I'm talking about barbecue. Of course, I'm getting into that stuff. And it just felt, it was so much fucking fun. It was so much fun to just be out again and to do this right now, what you and I are doing right now, just have this conversation. The difference is, is instead of me just fucking blabbing at you, you have an opportunity to talk to me. And I fucking love that. That's what's been missing, right? That's what's been missing from all of our lives is that communication, that mingle, that mix of folks. And so we're just there. And it's like, People of all different genders, people of all different color, people of all different pronouns, whatever the fuck it is. It doesn't, none of that mattered. All that mattered was that we were just hanging out and talking and loving it. Talking about food and talking about life and talking about all this stuff. Sharing and learning. Fucking rad. Rad shit. That's what the core of bar safaris were always for me. That's what the core of going to bars has always been for me. It isn't to just go. I'm not one of those dudes at this point in my life where I got to go get myself a fucking mixed drink and sit at the end of the bar and drink away regret. I've done that before. That isn't where I'm at. These days, what it's about is going and meeting people and talking to people. It felt so fucking good, right? At that point, it was worth it. Honestly, almost all of it was worth it. It was worth going through lockdown. It was worth being imprisoned because then I, I got to have a greater appreciation for that moment. It was worth uh, not being able to work. It was worth all those things so that I, I had this ability to sort of re-examine who the fuck I am, right? What makes me happy and what makes me less stressed so that I'm in this scenario where I'm talking to folks that I might work with or I might know or I might would be nice to, 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 to work with them, but none of that fucking mattered. I'm not sitting there like hustling. At no point in the conversation was I like, hey, I direct fucking movies and maybe we should work together and you should give me your contact information because we should be a fucking thing. None of that. None of that happened. It was just nice to just be around people and to talk about stuff. So good. It's worth the vaccination. It's worth all that to have that back. It's worth being sick for three days to have that back. Mm. So, <laughs> funny thing is, um, what I didn't realize 
uh, is that this bar, there's also frequent, often like uh, celebrities frequent this bar. They come in and out. I didn't realize that until later. Gina told me later. Because we're, we're standing in this place. <clears throat> and uh, I was talking to Gina. And I'm just looking around, right? You know, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm out. Crazy man's back in the fucking circulation. You know, he's looking around. He's like, how do people dress now? Right? Look at how they're fucking talking to each other. Look at that body language. That's fascinating. Like, I'm just, I'm just out there looking, you know? And there's this group... There's this group next to us that keeps looking over at me. And 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 then I'm like, okay, so I'm being fucking rude, right? Like maybe it's because, you know, I, I looked at someone weird. Did I look at someone weird, right? Because I'm like I'm checking my own social interactions again. Because, you know, do I do I know how to do this? Do I know how to be in public? Uh and uh they keep looking over. And I was just like, Gina, what the fuck? is with these people. Why do they keep looking over here? Like, what's going on? And she looks over and she goes, oh, that's John Mayer. <laughs> I was like, you mean the Bodies of, Bodies of Wonderland guy? And she's like, yeah, that's him. And I was like, oh. And she's like, yeah, they probably think that you're fucking staring at him. I go, I, I, I don't know who the fuck he is. I don't know what's going on. I'm sorry. My bad. That's me being like, anti. she goes, yeah. And I go, what are you? You're acting a little weird over there. She goes, well, you know, I said, what do you mean? You a fucking John Mayer fan? Are you like, you getting all fucking crazy on me right now? I mean, I've heard the stories about how you stalk Will Ferrell and shit. Like, you getting weird? And she's like, no, 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 he's cool. And she's texting people, you know? And uh, it was a weird, surreal kind of thing. I didn't talk to him. I didn't go over and do that shit. I always think that that's kind of like contrived and bullshit. Hey, uh, buddy's a wonderland. You know what I mean? Fuck off. Like, I'm not going to go do that. Uh, but it's always fascinating to see what celebrities know each other and who actually hangs out with who. And uh, I'm, this guy walks in. There's a group of them. And I'm always like playing this game of like, okay, so who's the manager? Who's the agent? You know what I mean? Because you have like this bright, shiny star and you have all these like moons sort of circulating around that planet. You know what I mean? And you're like, oh, okay, so you're the publicist or something. Maybe you're just like, you know, part of the entourage. Like, what the fuck's going on? And so you can see that group as someone new sort of emerges into it. Those planets kind of like circulate in front. And they're like, okay, you got to pass through us first before you can get to your bodies of Wonderland, right? Um, and so this bald dude comes in. And the thing about celebrities for me is that I, I don't necessarily know who they are instantly, but you know when you're looking at one. And it, it could just be because that celebrity comes with, with uh, his or her own fucking moons that are circulating their fucking planet, right? And you're just like, why is there like so many people circulating this one person? Oftentimes, that's like my first trigger. Um, but all, more than not, you know, back to what I was saying before, these people understand that you're going to be judged instantly by what it is that you're wearing and how it is that you're, you've outfitted yourself. And so whether they've gotten really good at doing it themselves or if they have a staff of folks that, you know, dress up the fucking Ken doll before it goes out, you know what I mean? Um, so there's like sort of like this weird spotlight on them. I mean, almost physically, it's, it's almost like if I was going to film a scene for it, that person would walk in and I'd be holding almost like a high powered fucking flashlight next to the camera backing up with them. Like it has that sort of vignetted spotlight on them consistently and you just see them 
And I've seen them in a couple different places, like Trader Joe's. <laughs> Trader Joe's in Silver Lake. You know, you wouldn't believe how many different weird people I've seen there. And they just sort of come around the corner and there's that fucking spotlight on them. And surprisingly, that same kind of spotlight vibe I got, the only other time I got that, besides seeing a celebrity or spotting a celebrity in, in real life, was when I did a ride along with my brother with paramedics and I would walk into people's houses that were calling 911 and someone was dying on the floor and the people that were standing around those folks all had that same sort of spotlight on them. And maybe it's just some weird shit that I make up as I see them, but it was that same vibe. I would do that technique if I was doing two different films. I would do that technique for that scene and I would do that technique for, you know, the Lady Gaga and, you know, what's his name? Movie <laughs> that came out. Um, so it was interesting. So this guy walks in, bald dude walks in, has to make his way through the planets. And uh, I'm like, I know this fucking guy. How do I know? Who, who the fuck is this guy? Turns out he's Jeff Ross. You know, the comedian that uh, does all the fucking roasts. The one that seems to get shit from everybody when he does all the roasts. Yeah, him. So he, it was him and John Mayer hanging out in this spot. And it was such a weird combo of folks. Very strange stuff. You know, and you're like, what the fuck? How do these guys know each other? Do they have the same agent or something? Like, what's the mix here? That's a weird fucking combo. And they know each other. And they were like hugging and high-fiving and doing all that stuff. And you're like, how do you guys know each other? Then you sort of think about like how important that is. Right? How important it is to be out and hanging out with folks and going and hanging out with friends and going to do these things because friends hire friends. Friends work with friends. Friends ask friends to come hang out with them. That's important. And coming out of COVID is bittersweet, right? Because at least for me, I've developed this whole lifestyle, this whole system of like relaxation and research and learning um, that's very comfortable, very contained. And now I have to break out of that. I have to go back to school. The fucking snowplow showed up. The sidewalks are cleared. I got to leave the fucking house, right? And so now I got to go back out. And uh, I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, I got to, A, I got to motivate myself to go back out. I got to motivate myself to go out and hang out with people that I find genuinely interesting. Not people that I'm trying to get something from, but people that I find fascinating. And, um, I really had to make an active effort at that. I was doing that this week. I was just writing a lot of emails and, and texting folks that either I've had on the show that I haven't been able to hang out with and I wanted to see or people that, I, that I've met virtually that I want to see. And I'm very kind of excited about it. Um, very excited about the next couple of weeks of just going out and uh, like, you know, putting the training wheels back on the fucking social bike and uh, learn how to ride again. So let me take a minute here. Let's see. Remind yourself here, buddy. Let's do a music cue. Let's take a second and uh, let's do some ad reads for our show.
So a uh, big shout out to our first sponsor for uh, today's episode, the guys over at Puget Systems. Look, these guys, not only do they make great computers, if you're in the market right now for a new computer, uh, consider buying a PC uh, because uh, PCs are more affordable, PCs are upgradable. Uh, if you're using any sort of Adobe products, it doesn't make a difference what systems you use for that. They work on both fantastically. Um, I have made the jump to PCs. I made it years ago, and everything that I do, everything I cut, has been on a PC. So any of my films, any of the stuff that you've seen, I've done it on that. Uh, and it has really made my life easier to do it that way because now I'm finally having tools made for what I need and not becoming a slave to the people that are manufacturing their tools. Like you have to fit into their to their systems in order for them to work perfectly, right? It's the whole reason why Macs don't crash or Apples don't crash. It's like they don't let you into the system. You know, keep, keep your fucking fingers out of this shit. <laughs> That's the move for them. Um, so if you're looking for a new computer on the market, go to PugetSystems.com, check it out. You can buy... Uh, pre-made system. They have pre-put together packages that work for editing, that work for graphic design, that work for VR environments, all that kind of stuff. Or you can talk to them directly and build a custom machine that works specifically for what you need, which I highly suggest because these guys love talking to their customers. They love meeting their customers. And these guys have always been there for me. Puget Systems has supported me for years. Uh, years and years ago, uh, ended up uh, chatting with them and we got together. They sponsored me before the show. They've sponsored me on the show. Uh, they're going to be responsible. If I could pull it all together, they're sponsoring a couple of really awesome new episodes that are coming down the pike. Um, these guys are awesome. They support filmmakers. They love filmmakers. Go to PugetSystems.com, click the link below, show your support, show your love for these guys. Uh, by checking them out on Instagram at Puget Systems. Leave them comments. Say, hey, we hear you on Mike's show all the time. You guys are fucking rad. Just thank them. Because without Puget Systems, this show would not exist. So I'm not just plugging how good they are for me. Get a system built by them and watch how great it's going to run. Watch how fucking killer their fucking uh, customer service is going to be. I can't say enough awesome things about them. So love you guys over at Puget. Definitely check them out. The links are in the description of this episode. Click through on them. They're trackable. Uh, also supporting the show, as always, are our good friends over at Quasar Science, uh, the guys that make amazing LED lighting uh, units. So whether you're in the market for like a bicolored LED or if you're in the market for a rainbow LED unit, um, Quasar makes the best on the marketplace. Go to QuasarScience.com. Check out what's new. Check out what they're putting out. They have a bunch of new products coming out now. Uh, and if you're trying to put together a kit, uh, your own lighting kit, I highly suggest you get your hands on a few Quasar tubes. I use them all the time. They're great. Uh, let's see. Also supporting the show are my friends over at Custom Comfort Mattress. I've told the story. There's been episodes on insomnia. I've dealt with insomnia for most of my adult life. Uh, I just recently figured out uh, how to get over it. I figured out the tools to get past it. One of the most important things I did was I bought myself a bed that worked for my body, worked for me, it was comfortable. Uh, and uh, custom comfort out here in California. We ended up going into the shop 
not expecting to be able to afford it. Gina and I were looking at a bunch of really shitty mattress spots and we're like, okay, our thought process is probably what your thought process is. Get a deal on a good mattress, right? There's a bunch of places that are going out of business all the fucking time and they're constantly selling their cheap ass fucking mattresses, right? And, and then how much do you know about a mattress? For me, it was always like, I got a great deal on this. And I always thought that I needed a hard mattress. I don't know why, but I always assumed that a hard mattress was my thing. And maybe it's because I crossed 40 and my body was like, hey, dickhead, <laughs> it's time. We're going to fuck with you. Like your, your hips are going to be sore every night. Your back's going to be sore every night. And uh, when I, I just assumed that we had no choice. We had just had to find like one of these mattress places that had a soft enough mattress or hard enough mattress. I couldn't fucking figure it out. And so we walked into Custom Comfort expecting it to be very expensive. Uh, we walked in there and uh, the, the people that work with you are so wonderful, so nice. And they actually were like, look, let's get you fitted on a bed. Let's figure out what kind of bed works for you. Is it going to be a latex bed? Is it going to be a bed with springs? Let's figure it out. Do you need a topper? Do you not need a topper? Let's lay on these beds and let's try it out. I ended up going back twice to this place to try to figure out what mattress worked for me. And so Gene and I are king people at this point because we're in a we're in a strong, confident relationship in which we both need our own side to fucking sleep on. <laughs> and so uh, we decided that we needed a king. But the cool thing about custom comfort is that you can customize your own side of the bed. So she can get a different base than I have, and then we can get a topper that fits across them both, which is great. And you can get adjustable bases for them for each side. So like if, uh, you know, those old Craftomatic fucking, remember those ads? You sort of sit up in the bed, yeah, that's us now. We have adjustable beds, which is awesome because if you're watching TV in bed, you can actually sit yourself up. It's really great and I can do my side, she can do her side. Uh, so it's kind of mind blowing. And I got to meet the owner, Gary, of the spot. And I talked to him a bunch about uh, building beds from like natural products. He just started to talk about how a lot of these other beds, like the purple beds, all these places that do latex are, are doing it based upon petroleum products, right? And that's that those vapors are seeping into your body because we, we spend, what, half our life laying on these fucking things? It was like, oh, shit. It's like, yeah, you probably want to get a, a, a mattress that's built with natural products because you're going to be sleeping on it. And I was like, okay. And he's like, yeah, we do everything naturally. They actually do their latex from tree sap, which is fascinating. Uh, so really interesting stuff. If you guys are fascinated about how to find a great bed and how to find a bed that's, that fits you, go back and listen to our episode on Insomnia with Gary, who comes on the show and talks about that. But if you're in the market for a new mattress right now uh, and you're in Los Angeles, go to Custom Comfort. Go to customcomfort.com. Uh, they ship all over the place, but I highly suggest you get into one of their showrooms and get fitted for the bed that works for you. And I know you're like, oh, these are probably super expensive beds. They're more affordable than a lot of the bullshit that you see commercials for on television. So a lot of those beds that we think that we're getting a fucking deal on, mm -mm, these guys do a better job with it. And here's what blew my mind. They sent home a mattress with me and I had a hundred and something days to sleep on that mattress. And when it didn't work for me, I sent it back to them and they readjusted it. They actually pulled the whole mattress apart and readjusted it, restuffed it, refilled it, and did everything they needed to do. 
pretty awesome stuff. Go to customcomfort.com and check it out. See what it is that I'm talking about. And if you want to find these links, they're all in the description of this episode. Or you can go to inlovewiththeprocess.com and click on our sponsors page. And there you'll see testimonials. You'll see all sorts of stuff. Uh, while you're at it, on that website, you can actually choose episodes curated by subject material. So if you're a newcomer to the show and you're like, where do I start? Do I go all the way back to the beginning? Well, you probably should if you're a true comic book fan, but you don't need to. We've broken up our episodes based upon subject material. So go there, choose the subject, choose, choose what it is that you want to listen about, whether it's directing, chefs, musicians, uh, you know, insomnia, whatever the fuck it is you want. Go get our free work, right? We don't charge you for any of this. I had a, a listener come to me the other day and go like, dude, I can't believe that this shit's for free. And I go, yeah, me either. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, yeah, go check them out. And uh, if you want to support the show, the easiest way to do so without costing you a dime, if you haven't done so already, sign up for a free trial at Audible. Use the uh, link below our episode. I think it's audibletrial.com backslash love of the process or something like that. The link is in our description. Uh, sign up for 30 days for free. You get a free audiobook. Uh, and then um, you will get access to a bunch of their audio content. And uh, after that, you can pay to, to stay with it. Or if you have to leave because you're like, look, I can't afford this. No big deal. We still get paid. We get paid for everybody that we send over there. And that is a great way to support the show. It's a great way to put money in our pockets without costing you anything. So very easy to do. Speaking of Audible, my mother, my poor mom had to get an operation um, on her eye. She apparently had this like, the way she described it to me, it was like a fucking Stargate <laughs> that was like forming in her eye, like in her iris or something like that. And it was like this hole, this black hole that starts and she can't really see through it. And so there's this weird operation that they do where they slice in to the membrane around your eye, that sac that usually holds fluid. And apparently what happens is as you get older, that fluid starts to dry out uh, if, if anybody out there's like an optometrist and like, Mike, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, fine, write me an email. But from what I understand is that it starts to dry out um, and then you get floaties, you get all this weird shit. Well, my mom started to get like this, <laughs> the gate <laughs> in her eye. Uh, and so there's this operation where they cut into it and then they fill it with, I think she was saying it was with some sort of haze, some sort of medical smoke. <laughs> Some sort of like haze or something that gets put in there. It's like a bubble of this, like gas that gets put in your eye sac. And uh, she has to, for five days, she can't look up. Because if she looks up, then the bubble shifts and it's not in the right place. It'll fuck things up. So for five days, she was forced to have to look down. How crazy is that? I was like, is that what people, do people do this? Do people actually pass at this game? Like, does it work? Uh, and she's like, yeah, five days ago, look down. And so what I did, because she can't watch TV, she can't do any of that stuff. I'm like, and she loves to read. My mom reads a lot of books. Uh, so what I did is I signed her up for an Audible account. And she has been listening like crazy. At first, she's like, oh, Mike, I'm going to listen to most of your podcasts. I go, oh, that's nice. When's the last time you listened to the show? Oh, I don't know. It's been like episode, whatever episode I was on. I was like, yeah. Uh-huh. 
that's like a hundred and something episodes ago. And she's like, yeah. So I was like, well, besides my show, let me sign you up for an audible thing. And uh, she was, uh, she called me up. She goes, I'm listening to like, I've already listened to like three books, four books. I'm like, Jesus. And she's like, yeah, I got nothing to do, but look down and listen to fucking audio of like audio books. And I was like, okay, hell yeah. So she loved it. I loved it so much that she didn't listen to the podcast. Support from your parents. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, that's the wrap out of my, uh, my ad reads. Uh, I should put on some music. Doesn't it feel like you're in like a Blade nightclub? Right, like Wesley Snipes is like throwing around fucking like uh, silver boomerangs. Giving you that cocky smile with like the Ridley Scott uh, female backups. I feel like I'm also hanging out of the back of a Blackhawk. <laughs> I love this shit. This is, I think this is a Crow Madness. very fortunate to have the support of all the musicians that donate their music to the show uh bands like a crow madness betamax knight rider 87 and our good buddy code electro the guy from the very beginning who has been giving us music um one of the best parts of this podcast is that i get to hang out and talk to these guys and uh graciously they donate their their music and the rights to be able to play the music on the show their music's their music on the show, and it helps really build the tone of this podcast. So big shout out to those guys. Support them. Go check them out because a lot of these dudes uh, sell vinyls, which are really cool. If you can get your hands on these vinyls, they're great. A lot of these like really uh, small synth wave, chill wave, retro wave kind of acts will put out limited runs of vinyls, uh, and that years later they're so fucking hard to get their hands on so they end up becoming really expensive so if you like these guys follow them and definitely pick up their stuff when it first drops because it's not that pricey when they first come out um but then you know like i was just going back going like oh, fuck i'm gonna try to find a vinyl from these guys and it's like oh, fucking 250 dollars <laughs> what yeah 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 yeah. because they're such limited runs uh so it's really cool stuff big shout out to those guys um 
So I don't have a hell of a lot more to talk about. I hope you guys have just enjoyed this one-on-one. It's been sort of cathartic. It's been a while since I've just talked to you. It's just been the two of us hanging out. Um, what is, uh, let's see, what's coming up in the, I, I don't know if you guys noticed, but my voice is all over the fucking place. And uh, it's because of this allergy shit. I had this last year uh, where randomly I was having trouble breathing. Um, and then I went to the allergist and they did, they did the fucking prick test. I don't know if you guys have ever had that where they basically like inject small amounts of like different things into your back. So you have like, I think it's like 24 dots or something and they're pop, 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 pop. And they're just injecting all these things and they're waiting to see which ones inflame. And if those, you know, if like the, the oil from fucking pine trees inflames in your back, you're, you're allergic to it. And depending upon the size of the reaction to this tiny little pin prick is how intensely allergic you are. Now I have allergies which will affect sinuses and, uh, you know, my fucking brain. <laughs> it affects all that kind of stuff. But I'm also asthmatic and my asthma is triggered by my allergies. And so, like, I have trouble breathing. And <clears throat> I don't know what the fuck it is out here. Our first round of, like, uh, allergy tests, they couldn't figure it out. There was, they're like, you're allergic to mold. Yeah, okay. Uh, you're allergic to this. I'm like, yeah, but there's something out here. I lived back on the East Coast and I never had seasonal allergies. So there is something blooming. There's some fucking tree that's blowing its cum in the air and I'm inhaling that and that is causing my lungs to close up. What is it? Is it the avocado tree out front? Right? Is it like the lavender bushes? What the fuck is it? Uh, And it randomly just went away last year. Like I think it kicked out like July maybe maybe a little later than July and it was just gone and I was like maybe it was just because of the move and but I don't know man like clockwork it fucking slammed me like two weeks ago and so they put you on these steroids so you have different inhalers like you have your buterol inhaler which is your emergency inhaler right so a lot of folks don't understand how asthma works a lot of people with fucking animals don't understand how asthma works. Everybody that has a fucking dog or a cat, they love to try to convince me like, you're, but you're not going to be allergic to my fucking animal. Why is that? Because he's got such a great personality. Is that what's going to keep my lungs from shutting down? I don't fucking think so. And I haven't met a dog or a cat that hasn't shut my shit down, right? And so then people are like, well, yeah, well, what happens though? Do you get like stuffy? I get stuffy all the time. I own this fucking thing. I get stuffy, I get scratchy eyes. Not a big deal. Get yourself some Allegra, make it happen. No, it's, it's asthma. So what happens is you breathe in, not their fur, because everybody's like, you're allergic to cat fur or dog fur. No, 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 it's not their fucking fur. It's dander. Listen to the voice, the voice just went. It's dander. Okay, so what's dander? It's their fucking skin. Okay, so the animals have skin, flakes off just like humans do. They call that dander. It's a polite term of like airborne skin. Right? So if I breathe in these particles, my system thinks that these particles are poison. So it attacks wherever these things land. So they, like I, if they're in my, my bronchial branches and my lungs, they go down in there and my branches swell. What does that mean? You can hear me as I'm talking. What that means is that the airwaves get smaller, more constricted. 
So like I can't pull oxygen in. And so what you end up doing is you train yourself to breathe shallower, right? Until it moves further in your lungs. And as it gets further in your lungs, it gets even harder to breathe at that point. And then you're dealing with the mental stuff. So imagine little, <laughs> imagine little eight-year-old Michael, right? Or even five-year-old Michael that uh, his parents have been taking him to his grandmother's house because that's where Thanksgiving happens. And no one at that time really knows that I'm allergic to cats. And so she has cats, right? And so I start to freak the fuck out. I start to have trouble breathing. So then we go to an allergist and the allergist says, well, there's medications out there that he can take that will control the asthma while he's having it, but it won't stop the attack. It just prevents it from happening in that moment. And so my parents are like, okay, but there's side effects to all that shit. He'll be loopy, he'll be crazy. There's all sorts of stuff that happens. Reading the side effects on these fucking uh, steroids, there was one the other day that I was supposed to take, what the fuck was it called? Like Monta, I don't know, Montezuma, whatever the fuck it was called. There's this thing and I'm reading the side effects for it. And it's like, may cause mental instability. Like what? Will cause anger issues, right? Can cause uh, hallucinations, uh, cause nightmares. Uh, and it will do these things to you if you've never experienced them before. Even if you've never experienced these things before, these will be a side effect for you. So if you're taking these drugs and you start to have crazy nightmares, you start to see shit, you start to get a fucking low temper and you're screaming at your girlfriend, um, stop taking the meds, right? I'm like, what? I don't want to take that shit. I've already got a short fuse for stuff in general. So now I'm going to start taking these fucking medications that are going to fuck with my psyche and then continuously fuck with my psyche after it. It's crazy. So anyway, little kid starts to get put on this medication, right? So I, in the early days, it was like more like Benadryl. And a lot of you folks take Benadryl for the fucking wrong reasons. Like I want to get some sleep, so I'll pound some Benadryl. Well, yeah, it causes drowsiness. Uh, Allegra, all these different drugs that exist, they just confuse your body into believing that it's not having an asthma attack, essentially. So <laughs> like right before I moved and I got hired to do a fucking kitty litter commercial and I'm having a panic, panic attack of my life as I'm shooting cats because I needed the fucking money, I pounded myself with Allegra, I pounded myself with all, this, with all these drugs to confuse my body into thinking it wasn't having an asthma attack. Once those drugs wore off, and for me, after that commercial, I was driving home and it wore off, and when I was a kid, little five-year-old kid, I would be back at home in my bunk bed, those drugs would wear off, and then the lungs start to close up. And so all those little branches start to close up. So what it feels like, it's like if someone put a belt around your chest and they're pulling on that belt, they're tightening that belt, and so you have to, you have to breathe harder. <laughs> and then you start coughing because you're breathing it in. <coughs> and it's like breathing in. This is all real. I'm not making this up. It's like breathing in smoke. And so you start to have that smoke feeling. And so then you start to have to slow down your breathing because now mentally you're panicking. And you're sweating because you're, it's like, it's like when you're trying to tread water and, and your, your head keeps going on water and you keep sucking in more water. And so now, you're like, I'm going to fucking drown. And so in the back of your head, that's going on, right? You know, I'm going to fucking drown. I'm going to fucking drown. 
And you're like, no, 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 I'm not, no, I'm not. And, and so you try to convince yourself that it's a mental thing, right? And you're like, okay, so this is fine, I can handle this. And then what starts to happen is underneath your skin, like running up your arms, you start to get like this, this electric current. You start to feel like this electric current that's running up. And you're like, what is that? Well, th that's your body not getting enough oxygen, right? And so now you're panicking which is causing your body to need more oxygen and you're not getting enough oxygen. So now you're going into a panic attack, which is further inducing the asthma attack. So at that point, what you can do is you can hit an abuterol inhaler, which is instant steroids into your lungs to try to open them up, right? So you're hitting those things. Those fucking things have all sorts of side effects. They're crazy. But then you're pounding those fucking things, right? And so then you're trying to get your breathing under control and you're trying to get it right. And you're trying to cough and you're trying to calm yourself. And the, one of the side effects of abuterol is that it brings your heart rate up. So suddenly you're having a high-paced heart rate. So you could feel your heart pounding in your ears. You feel your heart pounding in your neck. And so then this is happening. So you're, you're fighting this panic attack and you're fighting these things. And as a young kid, you know the best, I, I, I think I've said it on the show before, the best representation of this was in science with a kid Mel Gibson and the and uh, the Culkin were like trapped in the basement and he's having an asthma attack, didn't have his inhaler, and he's grabbing his father's fucking pants. He's trying to get through it. That's fucking real, man. And uh, in the past, I would only have these attacks with dogs and cats. And so my philosophy has always been, I just don't go to your place. Like if you've got a dog, you've got a cat, I just don't go to your spot. If I'm outside, if I'm in a spot where... The dogs haven't uh, been able to sort of make it their own, right? They're not fucking shedding their, their fucking skin everywhere. It's not in the couches. It's not in the carpets. If it's just like a studio spot and a dog walks through, no big deal. I might get a little wheezy, but I can fucking handle that. But if I walk into a spot that has that shit and then you train yourself because this is, imagine this, right? Imagine yourself going through this, like drowning out of water. So you train yourself from a young age to know so I walk into a stranger's house and I could smell. Like I'm instantly like, okay, this smells a little weird. It's probably a pet here. Then I'm looking at the door jams. I'm looking at the places where they put their shoes, right? I'm looking for clumps of fur. I'm looking for fucking doggy beds. I had someone invite me to their house, be like, yeah, come on over. I'm like, I'm allergic to cats and dogs. Is it a big deal? Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. So just let me know and we'll figure something else out if you got, if you got cats and dogs. No, we don't have any pets, right? So I show up to their house, open the fucking, they open the door and they're there. There's a goddamn travel fucking cat container. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Oh, well, we don't own cats, but the, the, the person that was here before us had cats. Did you fucking douche the house? Do you realize what a fucking process, listen to my rant, by the way. Do you realize what a fucking process it is to get dander out of a home? Like you got to rip out fucking floorboards and shit to do that. And I, I forget how long it took I think it was like five years, five to eight years for it to just pass on its own, right? For the dander to dissolve so it doesn't exist anymore. It's a fucking deal. It's a deal. My brother bought his house and he also has like dog allergies. He bought his house and when he bought it, there was a fucking kennel. Like whoever was in there before was some crazy fucking, you know, uh, 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 you know, put the lotion in the basket. They're like crazy motherfucker that had like a kennel in his basement. My brother went in there, douched the entire spot, ripped out the floorboards, ripped out everything, right? 
and ripped out the fucking walls and they cleaned this place out, put it all together, built this house. I went and stayed at a spot and had an asthma attack over the course of the night. It's crazy. It's nuts. So prior to Los Angeles, I only had to avoid people and their pets, right? But now for some fucking reason, one of these trees out here is just shitting fucking dander in the air, whatever the fuck's happening. So now I have this thing. And so I started to take a new inhaler, which side effect is fucking with my voice. So it's really fucking with my vocal cords. So now I'm trying to get a new inhaler that's based upon that. So anyway, long rant, long boohoo fucking story. But at the end of the day, when you hear my voice do all this weird tone shift stuff, it's because of that. And one would think that it wouldn't be a big deal if someone didn't do a fucking podcast. <laughs> so the next time you're out there with your cute little fucking pup and you're letting it run all over a fucking restaurant, or if you're someone that's like, I'm just going to put this in the fucking carry-on basket and go in the goddamn grocery store, you know, or uh, this is, a, uh, this is a, a dog that helps me with my anxiety. Is it really, though? Were you in the Gulf War? Or did you just figure out some fucking sweet little move to be able to get your fucking dog to go into the goddamn grocery store with you, right? And then it's, what's worse about it is that a lot of these pet owners don't maintain their fucking animal, and they just assume that everybody loves fucking animals. Let me just say this. I, I love fucking animals. I think animals are great. I hate pet owners. Animals are fine. I feel, I feel for, for animals. Like we'll, I can do a whole episode on how I feel like there's an imprisonment structure for fucking love fucking prisoners that exists that is completely uh, like pushed by the industries that are making fucking dog food and fucking kitty litter fucking boxes and shit. Uh, but um, I don't, like animals, I have empathy for animals. I have empathy for, for, for any sort of living creature. The problem I have is the selfish fucking assholes that have bred these these dogs that uh, can't sustain their own weight on their own fucking legs so that they could stick them in a fucking purse and carry them on an airplane and then be sitting next to someone on an airplane and then have them go, yeah, but he loves you, and then have a fucking panic attack, asthma attack. It's crazy. It drives me nuts. Why do I bring this up? Because now I'm back out in public again, right? Now I'm back out in these restaurants out here in Los Angeles where everybody thinks that they're that their cool little love crutch is uh, going to make everybody's life better. Why am I so bitter? <laughs> I started on a good point here. Anyway, there was a long rant about it. Um, I guess I'm just trying to like uh, make you guys aware that uh, just because you see those ads on TV for Allegra, change your life, go outside, and breathe all this shit in. Uh, those side effects really fuck with you. And at the end of the day, those drugs don't really stop asthma attacks. They just postpone them. And so that way, I'm not going to embarrass you in front of your fucking dog. I will just go home and grip onto the sheets and sweat through them as I try to convince myself that uh, someone's not trying to uh, baptize me for too long under a fucking shallow water somewhere. You know what I mean? Listen to the voice go. Anyway. Anyway. Um... How do I come out of that fucking rant? How do I back my way out? I've been listening to a lot of really good podcasts lately. Um, and I went back and I started listening to, big surprise, I'm a big fan of Bill Burr's show. 
Um, but uh, I'm, I really have fallen in love with uh, Mark Maron's podcast, What the Fuck Podcast. And it's no surprise that I like these guys' shows um, because, you know, we're all from the East Coast. We're all from that area. We kind of have the same sort of outlook and mentality on things. But what I've liked beyond that with both of them is that with their their age, with their, with their time in doing this stuff, with their wisdom, they really have figured out how to uh, do a great show. Like Bill's shows are just him, him and a microphone. And he does such a really good job with it, like weaving a story, telling a story, taking you through with it. Um, and you know that he's, you know, researching and, and working out some of his act. But at the same token, he's, it's almost like a like what today's episode for me was, which is like sort of like a, a psychological session with people listening. Um, really admire his work. I would love to get these guys in the show, but it would be so like we'll see. It's a weird game of trying to get podcast guest hosts on a show, and I'm just a little guy, so it doesn't fucking matter, right? Um, but I'd love to talk to him about that. And and Mark, Mark does such a great job guiding a conversation and asking great questions and getting people to loosen up. Um, and he really does wear his heart on his sleeve when he does his episodes. Um, and just listening to the candor, listening to what he can get out of a conversation um, without feeling like he's intentionally digging for it. Um, I've been listening to his stuff while I bike ride in the morning. Uh, and I just heard today, I heard an old episode with Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. And I felt like I was listening to these two movie stars that I see or listen to all the time on the press junket and they have sort of this personality, but just listening to them feel more real on his show. Uh, and he apparently had a nightmare fucking show. And God damn it, there's so much empathy I had for him having to deal with like zoom problems and microphone fucking issues and all that kind of crap when he all he wants to do is just have a conversation um but it added to the show you could tell that he was just embarrassed by the whole thing but it really did add to the to the atmosphere and vibe of that that episode um check him out go listen to uh bill burr's podcast and then uh definitely listen to what the fuck like uh, mark Marin's podcast it's really fantastic and i love that mark is a huge music fan and he's digging deep in with a lot of really great musicians from the 90s and from earlier than that um, and he just won uh, that award from the podcast academy and it was well deserved because his show um, I think is one of the one of the best you know you're up there and you're talking about like Joe Rogan and I, I like Joe Rogan's show but I, I, I like Marin's show so much more I think that that it's an inspiration. If you can't tell, <laughs> listen to my show. Um, anyway, uh, so I think that's it. I should probably wrap this whole thing up. I'm just looking over my notes because I had to make some notes today. Now we got all of that stuff. Lots of fun stuff coming up on the show. We got uh, a bunch of big guests lined up. There's some really exciting stuff that I'm going to be doing that I don't necessarily want to talk about because I don't want to jinx it yet. But uh, yeah, if I can make it work, there's going to be a really fun podcast episode coming up soon. Uh, so thank you, everybody that has been tuning in and has been supporting the show. 
Thank you for all your uh, comments. And thank you to those of you who take the fucking time to rate and review this podcast that go on to Apple Podcasts, go on to Spotify. Uh, you can rate the show and leave a review. Leave a review for today's episode if you're listening. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, all you have to do is go on to that app and go on to our show page where it lists all the episodes and scroll down as if you're gonna hit the bottom. Eventually, the comment section will show up. You can rate it with stars. Rate today's episode. Talk about, be like, Mike, it was great until you started to go on that fucking tangent about asthma. It was just depressing. No one fucking cares about that shit. Man, okay, got it. I'll suffer on my own. I'll suffer on my own. Wish I had my inhaler here. I'd do a hit for posterity. Um, but yeah, please go rate the show. Check it out. Um, and I'm I'm fucking pumped. For those of you that uh, know me, uh, and we're going to be hanging out in the next couple of weeks. I'm excited to see you. I'm excited to get the fucking barbecue going. I'm going to suffer through my asthma to smoke some ribs. Uh, I, last night I was up all night just doing my research again because it's been so long since I've done it. I'm like, okay, so what's the right temperature for steak? What's medium rare and what's rare and what's all that stuff? Okay, great, got it. And I think I'm going to do some tomahawk steaks. That'll be fun. My doctors listening to this, they're like, you shouldn't be doing any of that. Yeah. Uh, and I'm also going to try to do some new versions of the ribs this year. The wings are a big hit. I haven't done those in a while. I'm going to do those up. And I broke out my yakitori grill. So I'm going to be doing some fucking cool yakitori shit. I actually found a place where I can get fresh like chicken hearts. And I want to do uh, soy, ginger soy chicken heart yakitori. Yeah, it's good. It's really good. You guys like fucking steak? You'll like chicken heart. It's the same thing. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to do that stuff. And I will be posting, <laughs> as if you guys care, I'll be posting what I'm, what I'm cooking, what I'm making on Instagram. Um, and then I have been deep in prep on uh, one of the movie projects. And I was going to talk in detail about that. Um, but I'm going to save it. Uh, because, uh, as you know, I've talked about it on a couple of the episodes and I've been posting about it on my Instagram. I have been reading the books from Judith Weston. Judith has written two amazing books that have changed the way I, uh, will direct and has changed the way I prep scripts and break down scripts. She wrote a book called Directing Actors, uh, which is a great introduction to her, to her system, her processes for that, um, which... It blew my fucking face open uh, just in the first few chapters where she talks about uh, a, a lot of like indie directors or self-trained directors. And she was just talking about the issues that they could run into uh, and uh, sort of the, <laughs> sort of the way they do things. And I'm like, Oh my God, she's got my number. Fuck. Uh, so that really sort of changed it, how I do stuff. And then I picked up her, her second book, the film director's intuition because uh, I spoke to a lot of the directors that have been on this show. And I'm like, hey, do you guys do this prep? And they're like, you got to read this fucking book. Um, the good news is, is I just had a phone call with Judith yesterday. Uh, and she's a sweetheart. And uh, we're trying to get her on the show. I'm hoping that we'll get her on in the next few weeks. And uh, there we'll get into it. We'll get into all the cool stuff that I've learned. So those of you who are looking for more uh, director's guidance and filmmaker's guidance, and you're like, Jesus, Mike, all you did was talk about your life in this episode. Yeah, well, they're coming, okay? Sometimes I'm allowed to uh, 
you know, rant and ramble. It's my show. We'll do whatever I want. And you can uh, stop listening. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's it. Enough ranting, enough raving. Let's cue some music. I have no idea what this is going to be. Ooh, I like it though. Thanks for listening. Um, and as always, I will see you next Tuesday. <laughs>